deserve it. Turn in your Bibles to John 16, would you? John 16. What's up, church kids? That's all of us. You know, I've learned that when we're young, we want to grow up. And when we're old, we want to get young. <laughs> Doug, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but listen, there's a huge difference between being childlike and childish. That's why I call you affectionately church kids, because really that's what we are. Everyone in this room is a church kid. Well, hopefully. I think this is a believer's meeting, <laughs> right? Unless you snuck in and trying to get that degree and out of here without confessing. But we're all church kids, man. And uh, one, of the th- one of the things that relates all of us together as church kids is the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is not our highlight. Chapel is not your highlight. More miracles took place outside the tabernacle and outside the temple than took place in the church. Okay, now do not get quiet on me. All right. More miracles took place outside the tabernacle and outside the temple in the marketplace than took place place in the religious setting just read it it's there and yet we have raised a generation in america who've been led by services and not the spirit we've raised a generation who is addicted to services and not the spirit and we know that it's really simple there's so many evidences of that if you go from Genesis to Revelation, shoot, go from the, 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 the very beginning of the cover where you wrote your name in there all the way to the maps. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has been alive in every generation all the way to today. And the one significant trait that, that sets apart the children of God and the children of this world is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You realize that? Not just from salvation, but through power. Okay? So in John 16, Jesus sets this up. And, man, we don't have the time to back up to 13 because Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's seated with these guys for the next, you know, few minutes, a couple of hours, actually. And in the middle of this conversation in John 16, as he's defining to them that he's going to leave, Okay, that's the setting. He's going to leave and they're all like, no, I don't want you to go. And he's like, no, I got to go. And it's important that I go. Listen, some of us need to get our eyes off Jesus and on the spirit. I I know that's that's a tough one right there. I think it shocked most of us in the room. And as I was praying months ago about this, Jesus spoke that to me. He said, listen. I'm not giving you another doctrine. I'm not giving you another gospel. But my work, is, my work was done. When I set this up and walked into the book of Acts, my work was done. And I was trying to get these people to realize I'm not your spiritual crutch anymore. I've given over my power and my kingdom to the Holy Spirit. 
right? God the Father we know, Jesus we know, but who is the Holy Spirit, right? And right now you're even wrestling with that theologically in your mind. I can't believe that he just said that. I didn't say that. Jesus did. Okay? Take yourself back to the first century in his 33rd year of ministry. Okay? Take yourself back there. And this is what he says. But now I go away to him who sent me. But none of you ask, where are you going? But because I have said these things in you, sorrow has filled your heart. Right? God, don't go. Please don't go. Please, please don't leave me. Because I've said these things, sorrow has filled your heart. But nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is to your advantage. How many want an advantage? Right? How many want an advantage? Three times in this discourse, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit helper. How many need some help right now? Listen, look at the person next to you. Trust me, they need some help right now. Okay? And Jesus begins to lay out for them this idea, right? He begins to lay out for them this idea of helper, of assistance, of advantage. He says, it is to your advantage that I leave you. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. And he begins in the next few verses to explain that. However, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. He will guide you into all the truth. Hear me. You will never be able to overcome in this world without a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can't. Some of you are frustrated in the classroom. You are frustrated in your bedroom. You are frustrated in your relationships. You are frustrated at work. You're frustrated on the team. And you're frustrated with yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror. And it's because you lack a relationship with the Holy Spirit. As Jeff said at the very beginning of this, we do not belong to ourselves when we're church kids. And the problem that you have yet to solve is that you don't understand who you are in Christ. And you will never understand who you are in Christ until you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Hear me. There is no greater relationship that you have on this planet than the Holy Spirit. There is no greater relationship. It, not your mom and dad, not your brother and sister. It's, it's, not, it's not your bestie, right, or your bae. It, the most important relationship that you have on this planet is the Holy Spirit as a church kid. You hear that? There's no greater relationship that you have. And when that relationship is right, everything else is right. When your relationship with the Holy Spirit is right, every other relationship that you have on earth is right. Because he will make sure of that. Listen, the Bible says that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Paul said that in Romans. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So if you know that you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then he will lead you and guide you in every setting of your life. Think about it this way. The Holy Spirit has been uh, the foundation of our faith from the beginning of time until today. Take, take yourself all the way back. Five simple settings or eras of the Holy Spirit. All the way back to creation, right? 
Go all the way back to creation in Genesis chapter 1, where the Holy Spirit architected and executed the thought of God and the words of Jesus. Did you hear me? God the Father thought it, put this plan, this master plan together. Jesus began to speak it into existence, and the Holy Spirit worked it all out. Because in Genesis 1, he was brooding over the face of the, dirt, the earth. And even though darkness covered the earth, right? Out of that, he created, the Holy Spirit was brooding like, literally, if you could see it, like a mother over chicks or a mother over a newborn. And the Holy Spirit began to call this into existence, creation, and then you move to the next era of the Holy Spirit, and that would be the law. And Moses goes to the mountain, right? And what happens on that mountain is this, descent, this descending presence comes in, in the form that we've seen throughout Scripture, right? And this, pre, this fog, this presence, literally a cloud comes. And out of the voice of the cloud, out of the voice of the Spirit, hello, are you following me? Out of the voice of this presence, God speaks through the Holy Spirit and gives the ten words. Literally, they're not even really commandments. I know the scriptures, we call them commandments, but the, it is literally called the ten words of God. How many know when God says something, we should, like, listen? And when these ten words came to us, moved by the Holy Spirit, Moses comes down and, and sets into motion the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God. These 10 words are the kingdom of God. And hear me, can you imagine how your life would change if the Holy Spirit authored those 10 words in your life every week? Simple words to live by every week. And then you move from the, uh, so we have the creation era, then you move to the, to the era of the law, and you move to the next era of the prophets. And there's, you know, depending on how you look at it, a thousand, fifteen hundred years between these movements, these eras, and all of a sudden the prophets come. And the prophets, who, by the way, the majority of the prophets were just young adults. As a matter of fact, when you look at Jeremiah, he possibly was spoken to at even before an adult age, a young adult age, Right? God speaks to him, but I'm just a kid. I can't do this. And right, we always throw our butt in there, don't we? The butt always gets in the way. The Holy Spirit doesn't have any excuses for that. Because we say, but God, and God says, no, because. Because God's because is bigger than your butt. Always has been. I know some of you think, no, y'all see my backyard. No, I've seen the backyard around here, okay? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. God's because is bigger than your butt. God, you can't use me because you, you can't, I'm not like him or I'm not like her or I, I, right? And God says, no, I, I, that's why I want to use you. And so the Holy Spirit begins to speak to these prophets and prophetesses and they begin to call, hear me, call Israel back to the law, right? And how it was supposed to be. So the Holy Spirit is obviously interested in human history and calling us back to this law, this order. And then you move beyond that and you see the Holy Spirit's age, what we would call the Messianic age, right? The Messianic age. And in this age of the Messiah comes this perfect setting of the kingdom, 
We have the best understanding of the kingdom in the days of Jesus. And he lays it all out, simply saying, really calling us back to a childlike understanding of the law. Do you hear me? Some of us are trying to grow up so much mentally and you're trying to do so much. Hear me, your classroom is never going to be all that it can be without the power of the Holy Spirit. Go back to the rabbis. We don't even have time to talk about that. Your classroom, whether you're a student or a professor in this place, your classroom will never achieve what you want it to achieve without the power of the Holy Spirit in it. Aside from your team, right? Aside from this place, aside from your relationships and your apartment and the room you stay, those places will never be everything they should be without the power of the Holy Spirit in them. And Jesus sets up what I like to call the New Testament commandments or the New Testament words because we have the, the, the discourse in, Matt, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, right? What we call uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's almost like the New Testament commandments, right? There's a few more than 10 there. But can you imagine if the Holy Spirit were used in each of those, those words, those discourses from Matthew 5, 6, and 7? And he could, he could light us on fire with that kind of truth, right? Giving your coat and your shirt, turning the cheek, going to, right? You know, you know what he said there, salt and light. Can, can you imagine if the Holy Spirit was given that messianic, hear me, that messianic purpose in my life, right? To let truth come alive in my life every week. How would it change my behavior? Revolutionary. Church kids, revolutionary. A relationship with the Holy Spirit is revolutionary. And so Jesus comes, right? He works for 30 years. And at the end of that, everyone's like, wow, this is, inc this is incredible. And then what happens? The Holy Spirit, right, comes upon him. And his, and his public, ministry be public ministry begins, right? The messianic age of the Holy Spirit. And then the final era we are still living in today. Some call it the age of the apostles, the apostolic age, the age of the church, right? We're still living in that today. That's the fifth era of the Holy Spirit. Do I have to chronicle with you the book of Acts all the way through to today what the Holy Spirit is doing? Right? We, that, that, it's, it's 39. We don't even have the time to do that, to begin to brag on what the Holy Spirit is doing. Because hear me, God is not up in heaven, seated at the seated at, at the throne in heaven, worried about what's going on in America. You think, you think God is shaking his head or right, looking at Jesus going, what, what do we do next? What do we do next? I don't have a second son. You're the, you're the only one. This has got to work, man. This has got to work. See, the Holy Spirit, who was in the left chair, oh, I doesn't say that, but can we just like figuratively, symbolically go there? Right? The Holy Spirit was there. That chair's empty now. Jesus was, his chair was, but now he's seated at the right hand of the, do you understand? And now, it's, I don't know if he's seated or if he's like leaning with his hands on the edge going, can I go now? Can we do this? Let's go, right? And, and, and the father's like, listen, listen, he's got it. He's, the Holy, he's working, don't worry. Because God is not intimidated by darkness. God is not intimidated by racism. 
God is not intimidated by hatred. He is not intimidated by economy. He is not intimidated by dissension. He is not intimidated by governments, social media, entertainment. God is not intimidated by darkness. In fact, he does his greatest work in the midst of our greatest need. Hear me. You got to stand for the last few minutes. Will you get up? Get up. I don't want you falling asleep when it's time to respond. Hear me right now. There is no greater relationship on this planet than your relationship with the Holy Spirit. I truly believe that everything that you need for life and godliness is found in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. If we look at the great awakenings that took place, just start there, not even go back in uh, church history before that. If we start at the great awakenings, the first great awakening, the second great awakening, that happened in the, uh, the northeast of our, of our country a couple of hundred years ago, 300 years ago, as all of this broke out. This summer, I was there. I, I visited that area. And I went to the church where some of the great revival preachers of our day, these American history, preached. And I walked up to one of the churches, and it was boarded up. And I began to pray, God, awaken our nation. Holy Spirit, what you did back in Genesis, what you did in, in, with the law, what you did through the prophets, what you did through Christ in the Messianic age, would you continue doing today? Because I truly believe we are going to see the greatest move the kingdom has ever seen. We, your generation, hear me, it's not up to me. It's not up to your professor. It's not up to uh, one of my best friends on the planet right here. It's not up to us. If you don't do greater things than we do, if, if Scott and I have prayed, we've, we've prayed for you. Doug, I, I, I could go on. They have prayed for you. If you don't do greater things than we did, we fail you. This is not my museum. This is not our museum. Don't call us legends. We are not legends. Do you understand me? I understand what you say when you are know, a legend. Stop it. I'm not a legend. He's not a legend. Legends are dead. If you want to call me a legend when I'm dead, fine. Because then I won't care. I'm not a legend. He's not a legend. And he's not a legend. Stop throwing that word around. You want to know who the legend is? The power of the Holy Spirit is a legend. The power of the Holy Spirit is your legend. I'm telling you, your generation is going to see the greatest move of the Spirit we've ever seen. I mean that. That's not just hype. I'm telling you, that's not just hype. But the lesson we have to learn is that this is not my highlight. The Holy Spirit does not come into my life to give me, to, to f give me flips or give me words or make me go, you know, hey, ho, everybody, or cry or run. I love to run in the Spirit, okay? That's not why the Holy Spirit comes into my life. The Holy Spirit comes into my life to give me purpose in this world. And some of you have been more led by services than you have been the Spirit. Some of you are more excited about coming to church than being the church. And the Holy Spirit won't let you do that. The Holy Spirit will not let you just come here and enjoy it. Let me tell you something. When you understand the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit on your life, the classroom becomes transformed. Instead of bobbing your head because you're falling asleep, right? You walk in, and the Holy Spirit makes, it, makes the room come alive. You go to practice this afternoon. Those of you that are practicing this afternoon in that gym or out in that field, you walk onto the field and you say, God, I'm just a church kid. 
how are you going to use me today? At work, some of you are going to work right now. You walked out the door, you know, or whatever. You're going to study, study. You're going somewhere right now, right? You're not getting in line early. The line's going to wait. Maybe you got a class, right? Hear me. Your most important days, your most important moments do not take place right here. I can tell you the two greatest moments of my, of my spiritual life did not happen at a youth convention or at camp on Thursday night, right? The, the two greatest moments of my life took place outside of a band, outside of other people. They took place by me and myself. That was it. One of, the, one of them was in my car and one of them was in my, uh, my, my dorm room at Evangel. I didn't need no one to announce that he was there. I didn't need nobody to make me feel good by singing a song. Because the power of the Holy Spirit was alive in me outside the temple and outside the tabernacle where he wants to do his greatest work. I don't believe God does his greatest work here. I don't. I hope that doesn't disappoint too many of you when we call you in just a moment to just build your relationship with the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't do his greatest works here. Let me tell you who you are. Listen to me right here. Listen to me, Linda. Linda, listen to me. The Holy Spirit does his greatest work. No, no, listen to me, right? Listen, this is really important. The Holy Spirit does his greatest work in your life when you're in darkness, not when you're in light. Right? God, fill every student in here with the power of your spirit. God, we ask. Come on, throw your hands up, will you? Come on, ask him, invite him. Want to know you. Oh, Holy Spirit, burn like a fire, all-consuming. Consume me. Come on, say it. God, I surrender to your glory. For your glory. Come on. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you burn like a fire? No consuming, yeah. Would you consume me? No, we're in your presence, Lord. I desire. Come on, will you do that? Will you do that? Come on, surrender. Come on, surrender. Surrender.
Listen, I, you're struggling with your language. You're struggling with what you're doing with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, right? You're struggling with what you're doing on your phone and on your computer. You're struggling on your team with your, with your attitude and your anger, right? In the classroom, the, class, the classroom's not alive. You're struggling in the classroom. And this might be teachers. This might be professors in the room. You're struggling as a staff at the, at, right, at, at the desk and assignments that you're to do. You're in a meeting and you're wondering what to do next. The solution, I didn't say it's easy, but the solution to all of that is a relationship with the Holy Spirit because he activates the kingdom in you momentarily. Do you understand that some of the greatest moments in the Bible were suddenlies? I know faithfulness is important, but hear me. Some of the greatest moments in the Bible were suddenlies. And you know who was involved? The Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can turn things around in a moment and spin your head. Spin your spiritual heart. Just spin it. Here's what I want you to do. We sang it and we prayed it. I know you got to go. Those of you that got to go, you can split. Walk out praying in the Spirit, right? The rest of us, I want you to spend about 10 minutes we just spend about 10 minutes romancing the Holy Spirit right now in this room. You can turn where you're at. You can come down here. You can walk up. You can get in the aisles. But hear me. Hear me. Please, please develop the most important relationship that you have. Right? Will you do that? Come on. Step out right now. Come right now. Fill this place. I know, I, I know we shouldn't say if you got to go, go, because then you will. Right? I know that. But I want, I'm, I'm encouraging you. 10 minutes, right? Let the line go down. Whatever you got to do. I want you to right now right now develop your relationship with the holy spirit before your next meeting before your next class right come on